How many are excited to hear the word this morning? Yeah. Amen. I uh, really love that song, Living God. Mm. Oh, it does something to me. Oh, man. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Yes, it does something to me. I am, uh, my heart's cry as a, as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, is to continue to allow God to work in me. I said this earlier today in prayer, and I said this last night, and I hadn't thought about it this way in a while. Is Lord, I want the fire of your presence to burn away any chaff or anything in my life that's not of you. How many know that sometimes we need to face the fire, so to speak? And his fire isn't to bring harm or injury to us. His fire is to purify us, to get us to the place where we can be the vessel we're supposed to be, to be used by him to make the biggest impact in this world for Jesus Christ. It's my cry. It's my heart's cry. I want to be someone that you know isn't just saying the words, but someone who's living the word. Be an example before you. Follow me as I follow Christ. You know, sometimes people get so caught up in their minister or their pastor or whoever, and they put that person on a pedestal, and they follow after the man instead of following after the man's heart, instead of following after the man's faith. I'm a man. Thank God I can say that and mean it with 100% certainty. <laughs> I'm a man. I make mistakes, just like everyone else in this room. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. I said, thank God for the blood. Yes. Did you know the blood of Jesus is greater than anything you will ever do? In fact, the blood of Jesus has already taken care of any sin you have committed or you will commit. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. I'm not even on my message yet, but I'm going to get there. You need to know, because somebody needs to know this in here today. You need to know that no matter how many times you've messed up and no matter how many times you've fallen and no matter how many times you said you'd never do it again but you ended up doing it again, that does not disqualify you from being a Christian. God didn't look for perfection. That's why he gave us Jesus. You have got to come to the realization God picked you. God chose you knowing the struggles you would have in your life. Did you listen to what I just said? He already knew the mistakes that you would make. And he picked you anyways. In other words, he's seeing the finished product already. He sees the end from the beginning. He sees the end product. And because of that revelation that God has given me, when I mess up, I'm quick to get back up. I'm quick to ask him to forgive me. I'm quick to appropriate his mercy into my life and receive the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, its power never diminishes. It can never be squelched. It can never be, be used in, I mean, to the place where it's no longer effective in your life. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. You need to rise up immediately and say, God, forgive me. Now give me the grace, Lord. So that I never give in to that temptation again. Are you listening? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know why I was saying all that today. It had nothing to do with my message, but there you go. Receive it because it's from the Spirit. Amen? Well, who can tell me what we've been teaching on here since actually the end of 2022 and all throughout this year so far? We've been talking about that prophetic word from Brother Jerry Savelle. That 2023 is the year of the maximum. The year of the highest level attainable. How many believe that that's God's will for you today? Now, some people might struggle with that. Some people don't comprehend that how could that possibly be for my life? But you need to understand that that was God's will for Adam and Eve. Did you hear what I just said? When God first created Adam and Eve and put him in the Garden of Eden... That was his will for them. The Bible tells us that he blessed them. 
He empowered them to prosper, succeed, and fulfill their destinies. He, he then uh, set in motion a law of seed time and harvest from which they could live out of, from, could live by. And then he gave them the legal right to rule and reign in this earth. Glory to God, friends. That is, if that was his, God's will back then, that's still God's will today. And it will be God's will tomorrow. God's will doesn't change. He never changes. Get a hold of this. Because, see, I'm convinced that this word from the Lord that Brother Jerry had isn't just for 2023. It's for us from this time forward. I, I cannot express to you when the revelation dawned on my heart, when I saw it in the lives of Adam and Eve, I realized that's how I'm supposed to be living. Are you listening? And I know we've taken the time and we've talked to first the two, the first two issues there. I mean, the first two things that God did for Adam and Eve there. Number one, being blessed. Number two, the law of seed time and harvest is how we're supposed to live out of, live from. And lately we've been talking about the third one, ruling and reigning in life. How many believe that you're supposed to be ruling and reigning in life? Again, a whole bunch of people, including most Christians, probably would say, that's not for me. No matter what it is I go through, I'm supposed to ask God to do it for me. And that's where so many Christians miss it. Because God will not do for you what he's given you the authority to do. Did you hear what I just said? Oh, man, I see some faces out there. I don't know if those people out there are going, okay, Pastor Dan, you're going to have to show it to me from your word. And I think I'll do it. (laughs) Glory to God. Listen. We are supposed to be operating in the very same authority that Jesus walked in when he was upon this earth. Did you hear what I just said? We're supposed to be operating in the very same authority that Jesus walked in when he was walking upon this earth. (laughs) Is it possible for us... To have authority over the wind and the waves just like Jesus did. Well, he got quiet in here. Is it possible for us to have authority over all the the demons and the devil just like Jesus did? Is it possible for us to have authority over sickness and disease just like Jesus did? (laughs) Is it possible? For us to rule and reign in this life over anything in this earth that could possibly harm us or bring death or destruction to our lives just like Jesus did. How many Christians are living that way? How many Christians are living that way? Why? Number one is because of a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Isn't that sad? And then number two, a lot of Christians say, that might work for you, but I'm just me. Look at me. Are you a child of God? Are you a new creation? Then glory to God, this is for you. Do you? Oh, glory to God, I don't need to get off on that right now, but I tell you what, I'm going to tell you something right now. You need to start seeing yourself differently. If you are born again, I'm telling you, glory to God, there are billions of people on this planet that are not. And you are much better off than they are. Yes. I'm not trying to say, well, you know, look our nose down at them. No, we're supposed to be reaching this world for Jesus. But I am saying this is you don't have to let this world run roughshod over you. Amen. You don't have to let the people in this world that are Christians run roughshod over you. Yeah. Are you listening? It's time to get boldness in our lives. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. See, when you catch this, it changes you. I said, it changes you. I know I'm a big guy. So you're probably like, well, Pastor Dan, you're pretty big, man. You're mean and other people coming out and being mean and everything else. You just say, listen to me. I, uh, what, did you get that? <laughs> listen, now listen. Have you seen my wife? She's about that size. And she, when she talks, she's so funny. She, she, she goes, She'll be listening to herself back from, you know, while she's preaching. And she said, man, 
I really thought I got loud, but I just kind of still sound like a church mouse. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Let me tell you something, though. I've been walking with her before in Seattle. We were in Seattle. What a perverted hellhole. Sorry. If you like the Seattle Seahawks, oh, never mind. I'm going to that. So anyway, um, and we're walking through this place, and I'm telling you, I don't even remember what it's called, where they're throwing the fish around, and what is it called? Yeah, Pike's Hellhole. Anyway, (laughs) and all of a sudden, we're walking, and my wife, she said, I could just see something. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's up? You know, I I sensed it, too. You can sense the evil presence there. And all of a sudden, she's walking, going, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan, from off of me and my family right now. In the name of Jesus. I'm like going, okay, girl, go. Go ahead. <laughs> you know? So it doesn't matter how big you are outside. What matters is you get a revelation of how big you are on the inside. Yeah. Are you listening to me? We're called to have authority over the devil. Amen. But see, that you know what Hollywood has done? Have you watched some of those demonic movies? I, I, listen, I don't watch them anymore. But before... I turned my life over to Jesus. I remember watching one. I had enough understanding of the things. It freaked me out watching that show. But that's what Hollywood does. Makes the devil out to be some big bad hombre you do not want to mess with. Let me tell you a little secret about my big brother. My big brother has already whooped the devil. My big brother has already kicked his teeth in. Now all he is is as a roaring lion. Not he is not a roaring lion. He is as a roaring lion. He's just like that little. You ever seen that little comic where it's a little mouse behind a big rock and it's big yelling because he has a big megaphone yelling it out. That's all he is. Yeah. We gotta learn. Glory to God. It's not just you and me taking on the devil. Yeah. We got Jesus backing us up. Yeah. We got Jesus standing before you, and He's already whooped them. Right. Woo! Glory to God. I'm getting happy. I said, I'm getting happy. Glory to God. It's good to have you up here, Casey. Slap on you a few times now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whew. Now, listen. If it's true we're supposed to be ruling and reigning like that, and it is, <laughs> we've got to get the revelation. Let me just say this. Let me, th- let me kind of go say something that's important to understand. I said this before, but it needs to be repeated here. Jesus didn't do what he did for himself. He didn't need it. He wasn't being persecuted and oppressed by the devil when he was sitting in heaven on his throne. Are you listening? He wasn't being uh, uh, bombarded with sickness and disease as he was in heaven. Friends, Jesus did what he did for us. We're the ones that need it. But did he accomplish what he came to do? Did he accomplish... What he came to do for you and me. Get the revelation. He's already whooped the devil. Why is it that that gets me so excited? Why is it that that makes me happy to think about my Jesus? See, I, 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 I know that sometimes maybe, you know, you might think me a simple man, but that's okay. I don't care. Because, see, sometimes these things help me. I, I have seen when Jesus went down into the heart of the earth to pay the penalty for our sins... I believe that the devil and all of his demons were running around laughing, thinking they had him. Some of the bigger ones were like, oh, no, I ain't messing right now. I'm going to just give us some time, and then I'll go over and kick him a couple times. But you know those, some of them little ones are, you know, being a little cocky and going up. Yeah, we got you, Jesus. We got you, Jesus. And I could just see them all swarming around him. And Jesus is on his knees, and his hands are like this, and he's praying. And then all of a sudden, on that third day, the Holy Spirit went barreling down into the heart of the earth and it just came into Jesus. Life. Oh, glory to God. Life came into Jesus. Life came into Jesus. And when that life hit him, I believe he stood up and it was like an explosion of light in hell. And those little demons and plus all the other ones around there just went flying. And that's when Jesus got the devil. And Oh, the Bible says he led him in a procession right there before all the cohorts of hell. This is the one you're following? This wimp? This one that has no teeth left in his mouth? 
the one that I just whooped up one side and down the other side of hell. I have conquered death, hell, and the grave. That's my Jesus. That gets me so happy. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. I was looking for somebody to do me a belly bump, but I better not. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. I'm telling you, it's how we're supposed to be living. It's how we're supposed to be living. We're supposed to be different. And everybody looked at me and say, Amen, Pastor. You are. You really? That's okay. I want to be different. I want people to notice something different in my life. You know what it is? I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. I love Jesus. Glory to God. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. We're called to rule and reign in this earth, just like Jesus did. Did you hear what I just said? We are called to do the works of Jesus, just like Jesus did. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. He who believes on me. See, there's a, there's a qualification there. He who believes on me, he who believes on Jesus. How many believe on Jesus? Then you qualify. The works that I do, he or she shall do also. Now, if it was just me saying that, I could understand. Say, well, come on, Pastor Dan. Jesus said that. Jesus said that. He, can Jesus lie? Sometimes we just got to remind ourselves of these things. Can Jesus lie? It's impossible for him to lie. If he said it, he meant it. And he said, because I believe on him, the works that he did, I shall do also. This is the most I've ever hit on him. This is great. My son-in-law. So there you go. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Woo. All right. Now I'm going to, haven't hardly got into my message yet. I want to take a few moments this morning to discuss the difference between authority and power. A few weeks back, I actually kind of discussed on this, discussed on this. Spoke about this a little bit, but I really want to get into this because I firmly believe, listen, once you're able to see the difference between authority and power and how the two go together, it will greatly benefit you in operating in the authority that belongs to you now in Christ Jesus. Amen? And that will in turn enable you to live a maximized life. Okay, simply stated, if you're taking notes, write this down. Authority is the channel through which power flows through, through which power operates. Did you hear that? You cannot have authority without power backing it up, and neither can power work without a channel of authority. For example, look at the lights in here. They're on, right? Somewhere in this town, in fact, I need that first overhead. Casey, you know where it is? Yay! Isn't that some tremendous artwork? I had a stick man there, and I decided to pull somebody else up. And Anyway, <laughs> so somewhere in this town is a power company. Are you listening? Where they generate electric power to this building. Connecting the power company with this building are wires. Everybody with me right now? Is that not true? Now, question. Will the power automatically be turned on to light those lights just with the power coming with wires to this place? No. No. In order for the lights to come on, first of all, somebody has to come to this place who has a set of keys on them. And with that set of keys, they open the door up, they walk into that building, and then the lights automatically come on. This isn't like, how did it used to go? Clap on, clap on. No. There's still something else that has to happen. There has to be a flip. You have, you have to flip on a switch, and the switch turns on the power. Matt, can you take five seconds, run it back there, and flip the switch off, and then flip it back on? Anybody? Somebody? Anybody? Turn it off? Oh, turn it back. I mean, turn them on real quick. Just turn one on. All right. This is challenging. (laughs) Just pick one of those switches and flip the switch. Okay, leave it on. Turn it on. 
Oh, dear Jesus. <laughs> Maybe I should have gone over. Can't leave it on for a minute. Yes, I should have gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. I didn't think it would take rocket scientists. So the power was there, but nothing was happening, was it? It wasn't until a lot of effort went into telling them <laughs> to go back and flip the switch on. But once the, flip, once the switch was flipped on, the lights came on. Now, get this. Let's say, next, next one, next slide. Let's say the power company re represents God's power. And this building represents the world we live in. Okay? Then the wires are believers who have God-given authority to bring his power to the world. Although God can manifest his power in many ways, and he's done so down through the years on many occasions, he still prefers to work through his people. That's you and me. God looks for a channel to flow his power through to this lost and dark and dying world. Well, what does the door represent? The door is a person who is receptive to receive the power he or she needs to bring salvation, to bring healing, to bring deliverance. In other words, it's someone who allows you to pray with them or her, or to lay hands on them after you've shared the good news of Jesus Christ with them and faith has risen up in their hearts. Or if God wants to move through you in the gifts of the Spirit. Are you listening? And so what do the keys represent? The authority to use that power to do the will of God. Uh, Matthew 16, 19 states, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, that word bind means whatever you prohibit, whatever you forbid, on earth will be bound, will be prohibited, will be, will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you loose, that word means whatever you allow, whatever you permit, on earth will be loose, will be allowed, will be permitted in heaven. Did you get that? Do you mean to say, Pastor Dan, that I have the power to bind and to loose? God's given us these keys. In fact, Matthew 18, 18 tells us, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind, whatever you prohibit, whatever you forbid, on earth will be bound, will be prohibited, will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you loose, whatever you allow, whatever you permit on earth will be loosed, will be allowed, will be permitted in heaven. Glory to God. We've been given the keys to the kingdom. We've been given the authority to use the power of God to do the will of God in the earth today. Say long. Stop and think about it. Glory to God. So what does the light switch represent? It represents releasing the power of God from within you into whoever you're praying for through your faith. In other words, your faith-filled words flip the switch that activates the power that turns on the lights. Your Faith-filled words activates the power in you to bring healing, deliverance, salvation. People out there, even those who don't even know Jesus Christ, are you listening? Glory to God. Are you catching this? Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, why do we need to know about this? Just, let me ask you this. Have you ever wondered why there are so many scriptures that talk about the power of God? How great the power of God is. Have you ever stopped and really thought about that? Do a study on it. You'll be amazed with how many scriptures are in, uh, in the Bible that talk about his incredible power. I believe there's an important reason for it. I believe God wants us to get a revelation of his power. 
And the reason for it, listen, in order for us to have confidence in our God-given authority, we must first have a solid trust in the awesome power of God, which backs up that authority. Amen. Amen. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. If you've been in here for any length of time, I've covered these scriptures before, but they bear repeating right now. I believe the Apostle Paul was aware of the importance of us as believers understanding and trusting in God's power when he prayed this Holy Spirit-inspired prayer. Can I ask you a question? I want, I want you to be honest. How many of you have ever prayed this prayer before? Not trying to be mean, rude, or anything else. Look, can I just say this with every, all the love I can muster? You should be praying this every day for yourself, for your family members, for, for your children, for your friends. Pray this prayer. Listen to how this prayer is a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer. If it's Holy Spirit-inspired, how many believe that he's a part of the Godhead? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So do you believe that what he's inspiring us to pray here is God's will? Come on, I know I'm being, I might be simple about this, but I want you to catch this. If this is the will of God for us to pray along these lines, should we, get to, should we expect to get the results when we pray these prayers? I cannot express to you. I, Dad Hagen used to talk about it when he would pray this constantly. And the amount of revelation that came to him as a result of praying these prayers changed his life completely. And it was, he was living for God, but the revelation was increased because he started to pray these Holy Spirit-inspired prayers. And he didn't just pray it, start praying it for himself. He started praying it for family members. And soon some of the family members, he had been blagging, blagging. Made a new word up there. He was begging God to save, get saved. All of a sudden, he got the revelation. I'm going to pray these prayers over my lost loved ones. Then he started, they started to pray those prayers. He started to pray those prayers, mentioning their names in them. And glory to God, soon, very soon, they started getting born again. Amen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying these prayers work. Listen to it from the Amplified beginning in verse 17. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus. Now, I'm going to change it up a little bit so you can follow along up here. I'm going to pray it like I am. I'm going to say it like I'm praying it right now, okay? For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant us a spirit of wisdom and a revelation of insight into his mysteries and into his secrets, into a deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of our hearts flooded with light, so that we can know and understand the hope to which he has called us, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. Verse 19, and so that we can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. Can you see God's wanting us to know something? God's wanting us to understand something. To get a revelation of something. Are you listening? Friends, hear me now. Can you not see here in verse 19 that the power of God is immeasurable? It cannot be measured. Are you not, did you not hear that the power of God is unlimited? There's no limit to it. <laughs> the power of God is so, it surpasses any power or anything else found on this earth. Amen. And that immeasurable and unlimited and far surpassing greatness of power given to me. is in us yeah. and for us who believe. We're not talking about receiving power for electricity from a power company. We're talking about a power greater than anything. How many Christians go through their lives with the power of God sloshing around on the inside of them and never, ever, ever utilize it, use it? If I really got this power in me, 
I want to know about it. And if I got this power in me, I want to take advantage of it. Because see, you're going to see something here. You're going to see something. And if this doesn't rock your world, this doesn't get you excited, then I don't know if you're paying attention. If you're not paying attention, let me know now so I can get somebody to pinch you and wake you up. Anybody need to be pinched right now? Yeah, I dare you to pinch her. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Listen to this uh, verse uh, 19 and 20 from the Passion Translation. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. How is it made available to us? Through faith. In other words, as I just said, faith flips on the light switch that activates the power of God that is in us and that works through us. Then your lives, now notice, then your lives, when that power is activated, then your lives will be an advertisement of the immense power as it works through you. How many of you want to be an advertisement of the immense power of God? Glory to God. I tell you what, if that, now, now stop and think about this. Again, you got to go beyond yourself sometimes. You got to get out of your, your if your mind isn't there yet, you got to tell God, you say, God, 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 I need to have my mind renewed. So I start to see the word and I start to see these things and I start to believe what's in your word and I start to take advantage of these things. Because if you said it, that means it's true. You, your word is truth, glory to God. Amen. I'm going to, I'm, I'm I'm going to be an advertisement of his immense power that's now in me and works through me to bless others. I don't have that power in me to hurt anybody, to cause damage to anybody. I have that power in me to bless others, to benefit those people, to see them healed in Jesus' name. Pastor Dan, are you saying you, you, you can heal? I can heal in his name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Do you know that not once did somebody come up to Jesus? No, no, I'm sorry. That did happen. Oh, that's right. That's in the Bible. Where someone said, Jesus, I know you're able to heal me, but I don't know if you're willing to heal me. So the question was posed to Jesus. And, of course, Jesus looks at him and says, buddy, you're a leper. You got it in the latter stages. I ain't supposed to touch you. I'm not going to pray for you. It can't be the will of God for you to be healed. Is that what he said? When that man looked at Jesus, oh, man. You ever watch that show, The Chosen? When he took his hand in his hand. I am willing. I am willing. Don't you ever doubt for a moment that you're supposed to be healed or not. Because if it was his will for that man, it's his will for you. His will does not change. Glory to God. Mm, mm, mm. I am determined to be an advertisement of this immense power for the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. See, sometimes that anointing falls on me like so strong and just want to just kind of bask in his presence and cry a little bit, but... Let's continue reading. This is the mighty power, verse 20, that was released. Notice when it was released, when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Jesus is seated at the supreme place of authority in the heavenly realm. Well, Pastor Dan, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Do you know the very next chapter talks about that we who believe have been made to sit with Christ in the heavenly places? Again, you got to get this. You are in, you as a Christian right now are seated at the highest place of authority, supreme authority in the heavenly realm. You, you are right now. Right now, you, you are. Everybody say, that's me. That's me. So, it's so funny. I remember her this when I was at Raymond. It actually says we were made to sit together with him. You know why it says we were made to sit together with him? Because so many Christians were like, uh-uh, I, I, don't, 
I don't qualify for that. I don't, I don't deserve that. I'm not worthy of that. Friends, you're flying in the face of what the Bible says. You're, you're coming against, you're contradicting what the Bible says. Even if your head goes tilt, 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 follow your heart. It, it's so simple. It's really simple. I'm telling you, it's simple. If the Bible says it, that settles it. Now, I have a choice to believe it or not. I'm going to believe it. Even if my head is going tilt, 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 I don't care. I choose to believe it. I've been made to sit with Christ in the heavenly places. The highest position of authority in the universe. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm getting happy. We've got resurrection power in us and for us who believe. The very same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Can you stick with me a few more minutes? I'm almost done. Whoo, glory to God. I'm, I'm getting, mm, thank you, Lord. The very same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now in us. <laughs> and how do we activate that power? Through our faith. Through our faith. And when we do, that's when we become a, 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 a living advertisement of God's goodness, power, and love. How many know that's love? Someone's going through their life with, with, with uh, uh, a deformity in their foot or deformity in their hands. And God says, go up to that person. I want you to pray for them. And when you do, you take their hand just like, again, it was so, show that in that, that movie, The Chosen, when the guy with the withered hand and the religious people were watching Jesus. And I mean, and you could just see Jesus looking around at them. It's just like, you know, are you kidding me? You're going you're gonna to try to get on me? Because I'm fixing to set this man free to heal this man. And Jesus just looked at him and said, stretch forth your hand. That's love speaking. I said, that's love speaking. And if Jesus did that, I can do that. In his name. I have been authorized. By Jesus Christ to do what he did. Oh, thank you, Lord. Turn with me to Isaiah 53. Just a few more moments, please. I want to share this with you. I'm telling you, this will rock your world. I want to continue looking at the power of God. In this case, I want to show you the power found in God's arm. How many know that God's got a big arm? Hallelujah. <laughs> Isaiah 53, 1 says, Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? I like to say it this way. The arm of the Lord is revealed to those who believe the report. What report are we talking about? That Jesus is the Messiah. That he is the Savior of the world. And that he has redeemed man back from the hand of the enemy. And all who believe that report, the arm of the Lord is revealed to them. <laughs> I know you're not there yet, but that's okay. You're going to get there. <laughs> Listen. Whenever we can look through the Bible and you will see that the arm of the Lord is always used in reference to the power of God used in salvation and redemption. Listen to these scriptures. You can just look up here real quickly. Exodus 6, 6. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Psalm 77, 15 says, you have with your arm redeemed your people. Isaiah 52, 10 says, the Lord has made bare his holy, holy arm in the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Isaiah 59, 16 says, he saw that there was no man in wonders and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him. So the arm of the Lord is always used, hear me, in reference to the power of God in salvation and in redemption. Now, let's contrast that with the hand of the Lord, the fingers of God. I want you to notice where God used his hands and his fingers, what he used his hands and fingers to do. Hebrews 1.10 says, 
You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. When I consider, this is Psalm 8.3, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers. Here's a question for you. Which part of your body is stronger, your hand and fingers or your arm? For those who don't understand quite about how your body works, but your arm is stronger than your hands and fingers. All right. <laughs> so when God created the universe, he didn't use all of his power, did he? He just used his hands and fingers. <laughs> but when God raised Jesus from the dead and he redeemed us back from the hand of the enemy, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 1 that God used the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power to do so. And since we've seen that the arm of the Lord is always used in reference to the power of God in salvation, that means when God raised Jesus from the dead, he flexed his arm. And the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power went to work. And where can we find that power today? In us. Yeah. The immeasurable, unlimited, and far, subgreat, far surpassing greatness of, of his power is in us and for us who believe. Amen. Amen. But how did the power get in us? I'm almost done. Please stick with me. I'm almost done. How does that power work for us? Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him, notice, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. How many have the Holy Spirit living in you now? Yeah. If you don't understand, he does. He is. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Can I just say something to you right there about healing? You don't have to ask me to pray for you to be healed. You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now, this is for Christians. You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. If you just learn to say, Holy Spirit, I know one of the reasons you're in me is right here in Romans 8, 11. It says right here that you are to quicken and, 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 and bring life to my mortal body. Some people say, well, you're just talking about your spirit, man. No, it says your mortal body, death-doomed body. The Spirit of God is in me to quicken this mortal body. Sometimes I start to I get aches in my body. And all of a sudden the devil will come. Well, yeah, you got this, you got that. You're going to do this. You're going to have to go through life with that, blah, blah, blah. You know what I do? Smack. Yeah. <laughs> I just immediately say, Holy Spirit, you're living in me. And one of the reasons you're living in me is to quicken, bring life to this mortal body. And I just take it at face value. Because if God said it, that settles it. And now I choose to believe it. Are you listening? Now, I'm not saying I would never pray for you. But the bottom line is if people get this revelation, you're going to come to the realization that glory to God. I don't have to have a bunch of people praying for me. I've got the Holy Spirit in me. Do you think the Spirit of God who created your body, do you think that he might be able to heal your body? Do you think that when, when, when the, oh my goodness, it's cancer. Terminal cancer. Do you think the Spirit of God goes, oh, kind of whispers in your ear, sorry, I can't handle that. Oh, it's AIDS. It's COVID-19. It's whatever it is. People get freaked out. I'm telling you, and I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm, we're human beings. When you hear negative bad news, it's going to impact you, unless you're super man of faith, but... It's going to impact you. But the bottom line is, what do you do? Do you let loose and start spewing forth the negative stuff? Or do you start speaking forth what God has said in his word? I take God at his word. I, I love you guys, everyone in this room. But I take his word over your word any day of the week. Unless your word lines up with his words, then I agree with you. There you go. Hallelujah. So, according to this verse, it was the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. And we saw in Ephesians 1, he did it with the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of God's power. He did it with the arm of the Lord. And everyone in this room as believers have that power in us. Yeah. Abiding in us. Yeah. 
God did not put his power in us just for any reason, no reason at all. God put his power in us for a reason. Remember when I said it way back, how many long ago, how many minutes ago it was when I said I'm a new creation? See, there was no other being ever existed that had the power of God in it like we now do. And when you get the revelation that the power of God is in you, it gives you such boldness to step out and use the authority that is now ours in the name of Jesus. Because that's the power backing up yes. your authority. Come on. That's right. Shut down my case right there. Glory to God. Do you think that we should start rising up and using the authority we have in Jesus' name? Do you think we should be ever kind of going, oh, I sure hope this works. Do you, why, do we, why do we even allow those thoughts to come? Because it's not God bringing you those thoughts. It's the stinking devil. He wants you to not do these things because he knows if you do these things, you're going to get results. And that's when all of a sudden when you start to see results, you start getting, Lord, throw your arms back, throw your chest out. Glory to God. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer in Jesus. I have the legal right in the eyes of Almighty God to use the name of Jesus and the authority that he's given to me to go out and make a difference in this world and activate the power in me to change those people's lives I have contact with. See, I told you for all you first-timers, you're in for a treat. Totally different, but glory to God, I tell you, I believe these things. I believe it's not just for me as a minister either. I believe it's for every one of you. If you have called upon the name of Jesus Christ, and you're a born-again child of God, you have this power in you, and you have been authorized by the King of Kings to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and do what Jesus did. I believe one of the biggest problems that happened in the church is the church stopped preaching the word with accompanying signs and wonders. All it became was a bunch of words. Called to preach the word, don't get me wrong. But it's supposed to have accompanying signs and wonders. I am convinced that in these last days, there are going to be a, a, a remnant of believers. And I'm throwing me in there. Hopefully you're throwing yourself in there. They're going to get a hold of this revelation. Step out in obedience to the spirit of the living God to do the works of Jesus. Again, I say to you, what would happen? What would happen? If you heard about somebody in Walmart going, there's a guy now there at Walmart. I hardly ever go there anymore. But there's a guy, you know, they have people that greet you at the, you know. Never mind, I almost told a joke. I'm glad I didn't. Holy Spirit, quicken me quickly. Anyway, um, there's a guy there in a wheelchair. Boy, my heart goes out to him. I've only seen him like once, maybe twice. What if all of a sudden you heard about a man being healed at Walmart. A man being pulled up out of a chair, out of a wheelchair, and was walking, rejoicing, shouting, running. Would you not want to know about that? Wouldn't that be awesome? How many of you would believe or could believe that person could be you? Do you think Jesus would have issues? Do you think Jesus would be, you know, oh my goodness, I sure hope this works. This is something that you need to hear now. You got to be led by the Spirit. Spirit will always lead you to do certain things for certain people. But did you notice that Jesus at the pool of Bethesda, he only went to one man? All those people around in that crowd were sick and diseased. But Jesus only went to one. He was led to one person. And that person was healed. 
Jesus was operating in the gifts of the Spirit. The point I'm trying to get to, don't be stupid about this. I mean, when we were at Raymond, we heard stories and reports of people going out and grabbing people out of wheelchairs and they're flopping on the ground. That's not being led by the Spirit. But when the Spirit of God is leading you to do it, have the boldness to step out and do it. I I mean, glory to God, that's got to be who we are. Led by the Spirit, expecting to get the same results that Jesus did. I've been authorized to do it. I've got His power in me to do it. I'm expecting to do it. How about you? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word that's come forth. My prayer is that everybody got this revelation in their hearts. And glory to God, it's going to just grow in them as they meditate on this and think along these lines. Father, I pray that they go back to the word and look at the word and what the word says. Because I don't want them going from here and saying, that's what Pastor Dan said. I want them going from here saying, that's what the Bible says. Because again, if you said it in your word, it's settled. It's settled. Now it's up to us. We have a choice to make. As for me, I choose to believe. Glory to God. You know I do, God. You know I believe. And I thank you, glory to God. I'm going to see these kinds of things happening in and through the life you've given to me. Not so that my horn is tooted. Not so that people look at me and wonder about me. But so that your name, Jesus, is glorified. That you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because I believe on you, the works that you did, I shall do also. And greater works than these shall I do because you go to the Father. I believe it. I expect it. And I expect it to happen in these people's lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, with our eyes closed, nobody looking around. I know most of us, if not all of us, are Christians, but I don't know for certain. I never want to leave a service without giving people an opportunity to make the absolute greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. And that is receiving Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. Changed me forever. And it will change you forever. If I'm speaking to you right now, and no one's looking around but me, and you don't know for certain if you left the earth today, you'd go to be with Jesus. I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. And I guarantee you, you have nothing to be intimidated about in this place because this place will rejoice with you. Anybody in here who is saying, that's me, I want to get born again right now, Pastor Dan. I want Jesus in my heart. I want to know the one that you've been speaking of. I don't see hands going up, but maybe you would say, Pastor Dan, I haven't been living for the Lord the way I need to be living for him. And I need to make these adjustments in my life. I need to come back to the Father's house. Recommit myself to Jesus. I'm speaking to you on that occasion. Slide a hand up. We're going to pray with you. I see that hand. Anybody else that would say that's me? Anyone else would say that's me? Now's the time. The pulling of the Spirit. Just slide a hand up. Glory to God. I don't see anybody else's hands, but one person's hand went up. I want everybody to look at me real quickly. We're going to pray this prayer. If you're a Christian, just pray it with me, all right? We're going to do it in unity. But there's one person who did raise their hand. So we're all Christians, so we're going to pray for this person 